Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this Thursday, Thursday, July 27th, 2023. We've got all of your entertainment, content, gossip in one place. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, it's a tale as old as time. Reality Steve has released his spoilers for who wins charity season of The Bachelorette. Oh, you might be saying, Dave, don't tell us. Well, don't worry. I will save it for the last five minutes of this episode. I will not tell you the spoilers for who wins or doesn't win charity season if you don't want to hear it. But I will I will give it to you guys at the end here. As you guys know, when I make my YouTube videos, I'll always post the wrong answer in the thumbnail and that way people who don't want to get spoiled don't have to worry about it and people are on to my techniques now and they're saying well if you post the wrong answer and we see the wrong answer by process of elimination we know who the right answer is and it's like look just hang tight it's not about who wins it's about how we get there right folks so we're going to share all that information with you and uh, we have a couple other Bachelor stories that we didn't quite make into videos today. I'll get, the, I'll get to those as well. Spade and Sparrows, which is the wine label that Caitlin Bristow owns and operates, posted a photo of, uh, of Caitlin, uh, what looks like pretty much chugging a bottle of rosé. And in the comment section, it says always, or in the title, it says always use protection. And some fans are wondering, is that a jab at X Sean Booth? It's light and playful if it is, but um, either way, uh, yeah, it's a good uh, wear protect. And I, go, uh, I, I guess I should say, since this is podcast only, that she's um, she's in a bathing suit, um, drinking the rosé with um, with a protective uh, mask on, uh, you know, uh, g- goggles, a snorkel. What you know, what, you know what I mean. So anyway, I guess that's the protection. That's the pun. It's kind of hard to describe a play of words um, through the podcast, but you get the point. All right, well. If anyone's been wondering, I'll be in Huntington Beach, August 17th. I've got a stand-up show there, Dave Neal and Friends, at the Rec Room. There's a link now in the description of this podcast, or go to my Instagram, dneals, D-N-E-A-L-Z, and you can see the link in the bio, and you can get tickets to that show, August 17th, Huntington Beach, and then Seattle, August 24th. I've also got tomorrow night, I'll be in Hollywood, Saturday night, North Hollywood, um... And I think August 9th, I'm going to have a show in East Hollywood. So I'm going to be in Hollywood, North Hollywood, and East Hollywood. No shows in West Hollywood. But if you live in the Hollywood area, you've got all the opportunities in the world to come see some jokes. So that's where I'll be for that. All right. Non-Bachelor news. Tom Sandoval and Ariana still not filming one-on-one for Vanderpump Rules. She refuses to chat, as I've been saying, you know, Eventually, I feel like she's going to cave. Eventually, she's going to get over the issue enough that she's going to chat. And I'm not saying she should do that. I just think usually what happens in life, you get over your ex, and then you're like, all right, whatever. And in most cases, you don't have to film a TV show with your ex. But in this case, if it'll make for good TV, if it'll keep the show running another season, I just think she's going to finally sit down with him. But either way, let's read the article. Tom Sandoval and Ariana come face-to-face. Coming face-to-face is not happening. Not for cameras, at least. As we've learned, the Vanderpump exes haven't shot a one-on-one scene together since filming started for the next season. And look, uh, my take is, eventually, just like let that hype build. Don't burn it all off. You know what I mean? Let that hype build. People will watch. They'll see. So, you know, We'll just get excited if they even look at each other. Sources connected to the show tell TMZ Ariana is refusing to share the screen with Sandoval. And keep in mind, they've been filming for season 11 since late May. 
The prospects of that changing don't look good either because she's just not interested in talking to the guy. Contrary to reports, we're told Ariana hasn't spoken to him directly since last season's tense reunion, and they are only communicating through other people. Our sources say production is currently slated to wrap around the first week of September, so producers are in crunch time, and we're sure a scene with Tom and Ariana is at the top of their to-do list. Oh yeah, the producers are going to do anything they can to get them to film together. Hey Tom, need to go to the dentist? Uh, do you want to go August 11th at 11 a.m.? Hey Ariana, <laughs> and they send her to. A, you want frozen yogurt? There's frozen yogurt next to this dentist office. Let's go get it on August 11th. At you know whatever. So either way. Okie dokie. So that's where we are with Vanderpump Rules. And in other reality TV, Bam Margera. I don't know if you know Bam Margera. He's got, you know, he's from a bunch of different shows, but really the jackass community um, says, I'm trying to stay sober to see my son. Bam Margera says he's working hard on sobering up and staying clean, all in the hopes he can be reunited with his son and maintain a relationship with him. In new court documents obtained by TMZ, Bam says he's currently sober and is actively working through his struggles to better himself. As a result, he's requesting joint legal and physical custody of Phoenix, asking for things like overnight stays for the five-year-old every other weekend so he can forge a better bond with his son. I mean, what a tough position to be in, you know what I mean? It's like you want... Uh, so I guess he's still married. Uh, he's surprised Nikki, his estranged wife, is unwilling to support him on his journey to sobriety because he claims she's also struggled with sobriety in the past. His defense, he adds, he's already gotten treatment from multiple resources, completed courses, and started therapy. Well, look, I mean, that's it's a little more complicated than that when it comes to, to like their kid, you know? So uh, very interesting and sad story, but good to see he's at least on the sober side of things, and we'll have to see you know, what, uh, what comes of all of that. All right, let's go to a quick ad break and then we'll be back with Caitlin Bristow and what she has to say about a prank she recently did. So we covered this story last year. Caitlin Bristow was in this bizarre David Bridal video where she's holding a cake and she trips and falls into a pool. And, you know, obviously it got a bunch of news. Caitlin Bristow falls into a pool. Maybe it was like her celebrating a mirror ball trophy. I don't really know, folks. But either way, we knew it wasn't real, but it was well played. And it's like no hate on her. You know, they were doing a viral event here. Well, now she's interviewing Adley Kinsman, who apparently was a contestant on the voice and now runs a channel called Viralish, and they talk about the YouTube sensation of pranking people and how they tried to pull off this prank. Again, it's Caitlin Bristow dressed up and like rolls her ankle and falls into the pool. Have a listen. Talk about the time that I came to your house and we hosted the Daniel Diamond yes. um, David's Bridal Party. Is that where we met? No! We knew each other before then. Yes. On the thing, the women's well, panel. And, and we saw each other at Sean Johnson and Andrew's little get-together. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But that was so funny because, again, I was like, I don't know if like that's going to do well. Is, are people going to think that's funny? So the thing was, for people who don't know, because so many people still are asking me, was that pool thing real? Oh, really? And it's funny because it was and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That was the great, that's the great part of it. So I wasn't going to say that unless you were. <laughs> the funniest part is that we were like, well, you're, we're hosting it at the viral-ish house mm -hmm. and things that were supposed to go viral. And so we're like, we'll bring Daniel a cake and mm -hmm. like celebrate. Um, and then he'll trip and go in the pool. But mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to go in the pool because I'm a weirdo who likes to keep my makeup and hair on from the night before if I have something well, the next day. You had to go day. somewhere, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, so I had gotten my hair professionally done, my makeup professionally done, and I was like a fresh spray tan, mm -hmm. and I go, I'm not going to go fall in the pool because I'm going to keep this for tomorrow. Well, 
he and he was in on that. Uh-huh. And then he grabs me like because he panicked when I tripped. <laughs> and then he, just he yeah, he just grabbed me and we both fall in. And he felt so bad, but I was like, "This is hilarious." It was because so I funny. really didn't mean to fall in the pool. No, so it was perfect. Our job and what we were hired to do was get David's bridal at least forty million organic impressions. And ah. I said, I think or not that wasn't the number, but I was like, I think we can do this. If Caitlin goes in the pool, because we're thinking about headlines and right. I'm already writing for Caitlin Brissett falls in the pool right. at a David's bridal event in right. Nashville. And so then I'm like, all right, that has to happen. And then I know I can hit that deliverable. Yeah. And so then when you're like, I don't want to go in the pool, I'm like, OK, we can still do that. <laughs> that was nice we can of still- you. <laughs> you were like, OK, this is why it must be tough to be a celebrity. Right. And people say, oh, she a celebrity. Well, Caitlin Bristow is a pretty big name. You know, wins Dancing with the Stars, lead on the show, big podcast. So she, I'm sure she's constantly bombarded with people that have ideas for her. I mean, you know, oh, lowly me wants to get her on Driving with Dave. Now you have Adley Kinsman who wants to push her in a pool. And obviously, I'm sure there's some compensation for her on that. But yeah, there's like, you got to be really protected when you're in a bigger audience, when you have a bigger audience like that, because people are always trying trying to get you to do their thing. But either way, interesting to hear that she actually wasn't supposed to fall in the pool, but it, but whatever, it was staged regardless. And 40 million impressions, that's pretty wild. We have a much smaller and yet loyal army here. And our sponsor today is HelloFresh. And no, they did not force me to fall into a pool. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan recipes too. HelloFresh is more convenient than grocery shopping, but did you know it's cheaper? It's also 25% less expensive than takeout. Yeah, you know, HelloFresh, I mean, look, guys, you know, my personal experience with them, they send you this cooler full of food. They have little like brown bags that have all of the different meals already planned. If you need Dijon, it comes in a packet. If you need sour cream, it's in a packet. There's nothing I hate more than needing to buy specific ingredients. Like, have you ever bought cilantro? Do you know how annoying it is that they give you a bushel of cilantro when you literally need like two sprigs of it or whatever the measuring uh, technique is called? Clearly, I don't know much about cooking, but I do know that HelloFresh makes it easy and fun with all the ingredients provided. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RushHour50 and use code RushHour50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RushHour50 and use code RushHour50 for 50% off plus free shipping. America's number one meal kit. All right, so we're going to get to the reality, Steve, spoilers in a moment here. But also want to say congratulations to Raven Gates and Adam. They reveal baby number two's name. Raven Gates and Adam's second baby threw them for a loop when he arrived and made them second guess his moniker. The Bachelor Nation couple shared their newborn's name via social media on Tuesday, July 25th. We welcomed our second son on my 32nd birthday, July 23rd, 2023. Max Asa Gottschalk. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't think so. Weighed eight pounds and one ounce, 20 inches long, and was born at 8, 10 a.m. Gates penned via Instagram. Oh, you got you to know what time the baby's born in case your mom's an astrologist. You know, what time were you born? And it's like, oh, 8 a.m. And then they're like, oh, no wonder. Here's a whole history about your life. And then you find out you were born at 5 a.m. And you have to rewrite how everything goes down. I'm on to you, astrologist. I'm on to you. Either way, congratulations to the unproblematic couple. I mean, we, we don't hear about them at all in the news, which when you're an alumni and we don't hear about you, that's usually for good reason. And speaking of villains, t- talking to other villains, Courtney Robertson reached out to Brayden Bowers and breaks down the evolution of the Bachelor villain. I, I might get the clip of this, but right now we just have the article. 
as you guys know, Courtney Robertson, our latest guest on Driving with Dave. If you haven't watched it yet, it's on YouTube. And I'm going to have the next episode of Driving with Dave out on Saturday. So make sure you check your podcast app on Saturday for my chat with Andrew Spencer, which, you know, I sometimes I go into these things knowing the contestants really well, and sometimes I don't. And Andrew Spencer, I learned so much about him. I guarantee after you listen to my conversation with Andrew Spencer, you're going to have a greater appreciation for who he is, where he's come from, and what he's got going on. All right, but here's Courtney Robertson. She knows a thing or two about being labeled a Bachelor villain, and she's using her powers for good. This, of course, is an Us Weekly article. People were comparing Brayden to Chad Johnson from JoJo Fletcher's season, and I just don't see that. I think Chad, obviously stuff happened after his season, but I think that he was naive to the show in the process too. Now, by stuff happened after the season, I think what she is referencing is that uh, Chad Johnson uh, filmed a porn outside of JoJo Fletcher's house that she shares with Jordan. I mean, that was bizarre to say the least. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if he's got PTSD or roid roid rage or what, but Chad Johnson obviously has his own issues to work through. Either way, let's go back to what she has to say about Brayden. Um, She told us weekly, as for how villains have evolved, I think it's kind of like the show writes itself. The guys clearly had a huge problem with Brayden, and you can't change the narrative once it starts. Courtney, who is famous for being a villain who also received the final rose when she accepted a proposal from Ben in 2012, recalled her co-stars targeting her at the time. With me from night one, as soon as I said I'm a model, it was like daggers. They didn't like me, and I'm not blaming just that because I did say a lot of sassy things, but with Brayden, they clearly all had an issue with him, and I didn't really think he was doing anything that bad personally, having been through it. Yeah, it's just like Thomas. Thomas was an early contender on Katie season, so the guys didn't like him. He was a threat. Courtney Robertson obviously was a threat. She won, and Brayden was a threat because he had the old triple trifecta, right? <laughs> the uh, the villain, a one on one date, and then self eliminated. You know what I mean? Like he had it all. So clearly, uh, but uh, Brayden we believe may be making other appearances in the bachelor world. And if he does, my guess is he'll be more likable in a group setting. His initial exit seemed totally reasonable to me. The guys all, you know, clearly had a real problem with him, especially Aaron B. But what Aaron B was telling charity, like Brayden was telling her. So it wasn't like, Oh, he's this totally different person. So I think that kind of fell flat. Yeah. Yeah. So what Courtney's saying is the idea that like Aaron B wasn't telling charity anything that, Braden wasn't telling her. He was just putting his spin and tone onto it. So it made it maybe a little more biting. And we've got another story from the season of The Bachelorette, which I've got the full version on my YouTube channel, but Bachelor Rabbit Hole, an Instagram account, showed the glaring differences between the follower count of the finalists. You have three um, finalists of color, and then you've got Joey, a white guy. And Joey's got more Instagram followers than all of the other guys combined. And this was called out. And Joey's response was, all of the boys deserve the support. Fantastic group of men that were vulnerable and authentic. Can't ask for anything else. And if you're interested in a conversation about sort of racial bias, I think we can get pretty nuanced in the topic. And we discussed it all on the YouTube channel. This isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, On Clayton season, we saw Serene, who, by the way, is gorgeous and had plenty of social media content out there. We saw that she was passed by Rachel Recchia and Gabby Windy and Susie Evans. And it's like, no offense to Rachel Recchia, Was she that much more of a formidable uh, beast on the social media? No, it's just that it's it's a more nuanced topic about people 
and their preferences and the racial bias that exists out there. And I'm not saying that to be apologetic towards that. I just think it's worth discussing because if we don't discuss these types of things, we'll pretend that they don't exist. Again, that full discussion and the sensitivity around it is on my YouTube channel. You can go check out that video if you would like. And let's get to, as promised, the final um, the final conversation about the finalists and who Reality Steve says won Charity's season. Now, this episode's going to be a tad bit shorter because I'm actually film. I'm actually recording this a little bit earlier today on Thursday. Uh, my wife has a dental surgery she has to go to, and they have to put her under anesthesia for this specific procedure. And because of that, I've got to go sit in with her and all that jazz. So uh, that's taking place uh, mid morning today. Um, after that, I'll be maybe recording a driving with Dave once we get her home and safe and all that. But in the meantime, I hope uh, I hope you enjoy this content and all uh, that all the other YouTube videos that we got out there. So with that said, let's get to Reality Steve spoilers. I'm just going to read what he said on his Instagram stories. Um, uh, if you want the full video where we tease it and break it down, you can see that on YouTube as well. Charity's final spoilers. And then here it is. Her final four, who we know, are Xavier, Joey, Dotton, and Aaron. Aaron is eliminated at the rose ceremony, which leaves the fantasy suite dates go to Xavier, Joey, and Dotton. The filming order of the overnight dates was Xavier, Joey, then Dotton. No idea it'll be shown in that order. In between Joey and Dotton's dates is when Aaron shows back up and asks for time with Charity. They talk, but she does not take him back. So we have Charity's final three. Either Xavier was eliminated during his overnight date, which has been hinted at in the previews, or he got eliminated at the rose ceremony. So... You know, what we're going to share next is who actually wins. So if you don't want this spoiler, now is your chance to tune away. I'm giving you your final warning. Joey and Dotton are the final two. And now we know the winner of The Bachelorette is... Charity is now engaged to Dotton. That's right. She didn't just choose him. He got down on a knee and proposed to Charity. And she said yes, folks. She said yes. Uh, and this is what Reality Steve has to say in his final slide. I know it seems pretty obvious at this point it's Dotton, but just got the confirmation I needed in the last couple days. Doubt will be out there. There is every season. But all I can say is what I always do. I trust my sources on this one. Charity and Dotton have been happy and engaged since the end of April when filming completed. We'll all see it play out on the finale, August 21st. So yeah, folks, that's where it stands. I don't think too many people are surprised. You know, some are wondering, but didn't Charity follow Joey's sister? Could that have been a red herring? So many different situations could have been at play. And anyway, that's where we stand. And I, I do want to say one more thing about the, the the coverage yesterday. So we covered two days ago, Nick Vial and what he had to say about, um, uh, what, what was he talking about this time? About the Golden Bachelor. And we covered that story. Um, and then, you know, audience mainly agreed that the comments were really messed up on his podcast and not didn't need to be shared. And then Reality Steve shared that he was upset at the hypocrisy of Nick since Nick told Reality Steve, do a better job verifying your sources when they shared unverified rumors. And some people said, well, Nick denounced the rumors. And it's like, yeah, but he did it on his podcast, which is shot then edited, then uploaded. He had so many moments and hours and uh, people in the room that could have said, hey, don't share this. It wasn't just a live, you know, voicemail he received, a live on air. You know, it wasn't one of those things. So 
either way, some people, again, and I think it's the minority, but some people say, Dave, why are you so against Nick Vial? And the truth is, I, I think I'm pretty fair. Um, I, I, there is something about coming after those that are on the top. Like he is one of the biggest podcasts out there. So when he says something flippant or arrogant or flat out wrong or whatever, yeah, sure. We want to call him out. Like if some random Joe Blow did that, we probably wouldn't talk about it because you come after those that are on the top because it's, it's what everyone's talking about. It's the reason why a lot of people attack Joe Rogan. Now with that said, I mean, who's defending Nick in this moment? I mean, he went out there and went on this tirade last month where, uh, with that UCAN Foundation, he went on this tirade where he was like, "Oh, the UCAN Foundation—they're just, you know, they're just uh, fame, you know, what, you know, whatever. They're, they're, they couldn't hack it in this world, so now they're blaming mental health issues and whatever." He's a guy who has these opinions that are really aggressive and cut to a lot of people. And I think that's fair to discuss. I think it's fair to discuss. So when people go, oh, why do you knock reality, uh, knock Nick so much? I go, well, I think it's because he doesn't really know what he is. It's like, are you the guy who's trying to help everyone with therapy or are you the guy knocking therapy? Are you the guy that wants everyone to vet their sources or are you the guy that wants to be the gossip guy? Like, what guy are you? Stand by that and then you might not get called out for whatever positions of moral superiority you're in. I think that's I think that's a fair take. Um, but for some people that think I have some crazy axe to grind with him, no, it's just more or less I see the game that's being played and I'm calling it out. And that game is he'll rile people up then I'll ask to get him on his show. Like he's doing what he needs to do to make the show successful, which is fine. I don't judge him for that, but also it's super strategic and that's fine to talk about too. I would have no problem talking to him about how strategic he is. There's a reason why he has sort of been the cockroach in the bachelor world because he has an ability to know the right phone numbers to call. I mean, We've talked about this in the past when a story was coming out. He, he texted me, probably the last time he ever reached out to me, was to ask me not to talk about a certain issue, which I wasn't going to talk about anyway because it was not in the scope of things I like to talk about. So I understand the game that's being played, but also I think it's fair to just talk about it, you know? And he obviously has his own beef with reality. Steve, I don't have a personal beef with Nick. Um, but I think from a business standpoint, I think pe folks shouldn't be too surprised that we talk about Nick and we talk about Caitlin and we talk about different people on the show that have a big following and Rachel Lindsay and like all these characters that are on the show are clickable. There's a reason why we don't talk about Raven and Adam because God bless them and we're happy for them. They're not in the news. That, that doesn't pay the bills. The only thing I can say is when I do talk about these different subjects, I'm going to try to be as educated and honest and authentic as possible to my true feelings about that. And again, with the whole crack an egg to make an omelet, sometimes that's not going to sit right with everybody, but I can't be everything everybody wants me to be. I can only try to be myself. And with that said, that's how I feel about that. I appreciate your opinions, but boy, between uh, religious takes and political takes and Nick Vial takes, I mean, you just can't, you, know, you just can't please everybody. So you're better off just trying to do right by yourself. All right, folks. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with a nice, strong Friday episode. So gear up and get ready for that. In the meantime, everyone have a fantastic day. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. <laughs>